anyway, so we're married. Hey, and welcome to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, parenthood, publishing, and marriage. I'm Morgan Dayton. With me is my husband and my co-host, Barry Lega. Hello, everybody. So, publishing is the third part in our little tagline there about De- what this podcast Depending is on who says it. Yeah, and I know. I always mix, mess it up, don't I? No, I just randomly oh, say them. Oh, you do. That's yeah. true, yeah. But anyway, it's technically the third part. Sure. Um, in the official documented whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, tonight I want to start by talking about... Um, what is really an extremely true to life portrayal of publishing, and oh. that is the show Younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, when I watch that show, I, I have to look around and make sure I'm not, in fact, in one of those publishing meetings. So it's so realistic. Know, Younger is on TV Land. It's new this year, um, and it stars Sutton Foster, who I love, and Hilary Duff. Um, who no comment and wow what did she ever do to you (laughs) sorry um uh but here's the thing i actually i really like the show my mom and my sister kept telling me that you and i should watch it and we finally did it's on demand so we watched the whole thing over the past like two and i've learned and i've known this for years but i've i really understand now not to trust your mother and your sister (laughs) when they say i should watch something (laughs) but because here's the thing i i and i think you do too i really like the show Despite its two glaring flaws. The first flaw is that there is not a single non-white person to be found in the entire show. Which is hilarious because it takes place in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Right. And by hilarious, I mean awful. And, <laughs> hey, if and you don't I, laugh, you're going to cry. I know. But I, I, like, I, I, I'm really struggling with, like, literally, they're not even throwing in, like, they don't even have, like, a bartender who's black. Seriously. Right, right. They or, like, the, the cab driver right. or whatever, yeah. I think in the second to last episode, they had one guest star. They had the dude who was Asian. They had the guy oh, who, was, the who was guy. running the party who was, of course, gay and Asian. Yes, yes. And showed up for about 10 seconds and kicked her out of the party, and that was it. And there yeah. was one more, the wow. African-American woman who was pregnant at the party. See, there's plenty so, of diversity on this show. What are you complaining about, Morgan? 12 episodes, we have seen combined maybe 60 seconds of characters who are not white. Hey, that's just like the New York I live in. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I walk down the street, all I see is people who look like me. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, so that's, it, it, I, I find it very hard to take the show seriously for that reason. Sure. Um, Good thing it's a comedy. Well, yeah. But in case we needed another reason, it's the fact that they get publishing so, so wrong that it's almost right. (laughs) I don't know if I'd go to that second part of your statement, but okay. Um, Yeah, this show, for people who don't know, it it is set in the publishing world or in an alternate universe that resembles the publishing world. I mean, they talk about publishing books (laughs) and they talk about authors, but it is... Just insanely ridiculous um, the way that that they portray publishing. And I have spoken before on the podcast about my great annoyance and and my great befuddlement at the fact that popular media never captures writers and authors in the publishing world correctly, Mm -hmm. which I don't understand because it's writers who write this stuff. So I don't understand why they don't get it right. And this show gets it so freaking wrong. It is it is, every episode, I am howling with laughter for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, and it really does make me wonder, like, 
is NYPD Blue getting cop life wrong? Is well, you know, Chicago here's the thing. PD, do you I know feel what like, mean? like I feel like, like I feel like shows like cop shows and and you know astronaut shows and dinosaur shows and stuff like that. I feel like they there's an attitude of, oh, let's get an expert. Like, if you watch those shows, there's usually at the end, like, consult special consultant, and it's like, you know, retired NYPD detective so-and-so. And And if you watch, like, Law & Order, for example, um, oh, God, who was the guy? Was it Park Dietz? Um, Famous lawyer who was always the advisor, the legal advisor Uh, to Law & Order, to to keep them honest, you know? yeah. And, but you watch a show about publishing, and... Damn, there ain't never, you know, at the end, special thanks to, you know, yeah. editor-in-chief so-and-so at such-and-such publishing. Yeah. I think I they just, just think they can get it right. Like, there you TV go. land. There you go. I am offering up my services free of charge. <laughs> Call me, and I will walk you through all the things that you've done wrong with regards to the industry. I mean, for, starting with everybody dressing like a fashion plate. Oh, my goodness. Which is not to say that people in publishing dress poorly. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but these people are wearing like $10,000 yeah. Prada. That's the only fashion name I know. Prada, uh, you know, dresses and skirts and shoes and handbags and scarves. Look yeah. at that. That's more clothes than you thought I knew. It is. And, dude, that just ain't it. From like, the guy who wears T-shirts and shorts. <laughs> Well, and basically, that's it. I'm home with the baby. I like, I, who am I dressing up for? I'm going to put on my bow tie her, for the baby. Up for her. Trust me, she's not dressing up for me. So, but you dress her. Sh- <laughs> anyway, younger. Younger. It's. it's but I, just I do so want to say, like, I I like Sutton Foster. I actually truly enjoyed the show. That is the first series that we have binge watched since having the baby. It's helpful because each episode is. Like 22 Maybe 21 minutes. minutes long. Yeah. yeah, I don't really think it's standard. Um, so they go very quickly, and there were only 12 episodes. So we could do it. It was manageable. Yes, it was We cheating. set a goal. We did it. <laughs> yes, we did cheat. Um, but anyway, I, I enjoyed the show. I'd love to hear what you guys think if, you, if you've watched it as well. Especially if you work in publishing. Yeah. T- tell us, tell does, us. Does it annoy you as much as it annoys us? Yeah. Or do you just blow it off and be like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Um, it just, it bothers me when I see just all of it. Like, like every book is a huge book, you know, right, like, yeah. no, it's not. And, and it, it bothers me because it's sort of, it gives people in my life who aren't in publishing a false impression of what my life yeah, is like. Of course. I mean, I remember when I got my first book deal, my very first book deal, I remember my best friend saying to me, Oh, you're rich now. Great. Wow. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he thought I was kidding. <gasps> he thought I was joking when I said I wasn't wow. rich now. And but he thinks that because every TV show he's ever seen and every movie he's ever seen, yeah. the authors are either drunken stumble bums who are at the end of their rope yeah. or fabulously wealthy, ne'er do wells, yeah. jet setting around the world, you know, eating lunch off of supermodels' butts. And <laughs> like Richard Castle. Yes. Yeah. And it just ain't like that, man. And it's, oh my God, that show, that show, that show. You know, you said there were two flaws. There's a third. Okay. What's the, the premise point? of the show is that Sutton Foster is well, 40 and is pretending to be 26 to get this entry level job in publishing. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that anybody thinks she's 26. I'm not either. And I don't, uh, I don't say that with malice. I, again, I really like Sutton There's Foster. There's no malice to say she's no, 40 years old. I'm just, over 40. Yeah. Like I, this is not me dissing her at all. No, I I'm know. just like, she doesn't look 26. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. She looks younger, but she doesn't look 26. She, yeah, she should look 40, but she doesn't look 26. Yeah, yeah. So, right. anyway. Okay. There we go. Glad we got that off our yeah, chest. Yeah, me too. So, now we've moved on to house cards. Poor drinks. Poor booze. Poor, <laughs> poor everybody a shot now. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to move into something serious, which is 
That was serious. I know, it was. TV is always serious. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Sorry, Mom. I'm not kidding. TV is very serious. <laughs> um, anyway, so I want to talk about what might be a, a touchy topic here. Okay. Which is how you do finances when you're a writer. Yeah. And that's really big, so I want to break it down a little bit. Break it down. I think the biggest eye-opener for me was when you and I were serious and started to get serious when we were dating. And I think we had Which to talk about... Which for me about... was like a year ago. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> After the wedding sometime. After... Yes, it, was, it was like towards the end of the honeymoon where I was like, this could be the one. <laughs> anyway, I saw how you manage your finances and... <laughs> manage in scare quotes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but... I'm I'm being serious here. I commend you for it because the way you handle finances is, is, and probably has to be different from the way I handle finances as someone who gets a biweekly paycheck um, and knows what it's going to be and counts on it for certain things and And can sort of speculate as to what her taxes are going to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, can you offer a sort of, uh, again, I don't want to get too big here, Sure. but basically you have, you keep extremely careful track of of your finances. I mean, I have to. Yes. Because it's feast or famine. You know, I get maybe two checks a year and they have to last the whole year. Uh, and, you know, I had, I, I talked a couple of shows ago about when I quit my job yeah. and misjudged my finances right. and ended up living on my credit cards for, I think, probably about two months. Wow. Which is really scary, yeah. you know? Um and, and in addition to being scary, it's also just bad because then you get that big check and you're like, great. And the first thing you have to do is pay off these gigantic credit card right. balances. And suddenly those big checks are, are much smaller. So so that was bad. And that was sort of my, my frightening, terrifying moment where I realized I have to keep really good track of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really is – it's difficult. And, you know, I, I've said before that in publishing, every t- everything takes three times longer than you think it will. Mm-hmm. My attitude is assume everything is going to be more expensive than I think it is. Okay. So in other words, you know, I, I used to, you know, people would say to me, oh, if you're getting paid X amount a year, you'll lose blank in taxes. Well, I would increase the amount in taxes that I would assume I'm going to lose. Okay. And this way, if I'm wrong, great. I have more money at the end of the year than I thought. Uh-huh. But if I'm right, then it's not this bl- terrible blow and suddenly I'm scrambling to pay my taxes. That's probably good advice. Anyway, for anyone, well, just but always you, assume something is more expensive than you budget for. Yeah, yeah. It's like house renovations. Yeah. Like you, you, just, you always go over. You have to. You, you have to yeah. assume these things. And especially when it's a situation where, you know, you could get that huge tax bill out of nowhere and have no money to pay for it. Right. That's not cool. Like, the IRS isn't going to let you, you know, isn't going to let you get away with that. Right. Um, I know. I have a friend who used to prosecute people for the IRS. <laughs> um, so... You know, I, I try to be really careful about that stuff. You know, honestly, I mean, I, I'm glad that you think I do a great job. I think I don't do as good a job as I could. Okay. I've been caught off guard a couple times. There have been a couple times where it's been really tight, you know, and fortunately I haven't had to live off my credit cards yeah. <laughs> since that one time. But I just, I really feel like, you you know, something to realize as a writer is you you care about your career and your finances more than anybody else in the world. Your agent, for example, will tell you 
how invested he or she is. And he or she is extremely invested in your career. Not as much as you are. If things go south with your career, your agent has other clients. Right. If things go south in your career, you don't have a backup. Yeah. So you have to take care of yourself. And I just, I try to always assume the worst case scenario, which sounds horribly pessimistic and depressing, but it's a lifesaver in this situation. Like I can't, like if somebody says to me, wow, that book of yours is great. It's going to be huge. I don't assume I'm going to get some gigantic royalty check in the future. Right. I assume, I assume that every royalty check will be roughly zero dollars. Uh-huh. And by doing that, it makes me very careful with my advances. And it means that when I get a royalty check that is not zero, yay, good for me. Yeah. I got some extra money. Extra money yeah. Now, sometimes that's bad. You know, last year I got yeah. a, a, a surprise royalty check that was quite large. Do you know when you got it? I got it. Well, no, I didn't. I got the money later, but I heard about it. I heard about it the night, the night of your due date. Uh-huh. We were out to dinner and I got a, a text from my agent saying, Hey, you know, I've got this money for you. X amount. You were out at the, um, the mythological place in Brooklyn, an Italian restaurant where apparently the, uh, baked ziti is magical and, and induces labor. labor. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we were there on we my, the there. night of my due date. Yes. P.S. It worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was psychosomatic. I maybe went into labor maybe it was magic. Hours later. <laughs> we don't know, but there you go. But yeah, we were on our way there and I got a text from her and she mentioned, Hey, I've got a check for you in the amount of blank. And I looked at you and I was uh-huh. like, that can't be right. And I thought, Oh, I know what it is. It's, it's royalties plus, there were some outstanding advances that were owed to me and things like that. I thought, oh, she's just combining it all together. So I texted her back and said, oh, that's yeah. everything combined. She said, oh, no, that's just the royalties. Yeah. And I was like, what? And before you all start thinking I'm incredibly rich and decide to hit me up for a loan, basically what happened was a lot of foreign money that had been locked up for two, three years overseas yeah. came over all at once. Yeah. It was this big lump sum that, that came over all at once. That's why it happened. And again, like you can't plan for that to happen. Yeah. You can't expect that or, or wait for that to happen. It just does. So I didn't take that into account with my planning. I didn't assume I was going to get that money. It just came. And it was nice for about 12 hours before <laughs> I woke up the next morning and realized, what's this going to do to my tax situation? Right. And as a result, yeah, like I got hammered on taxes. Yeah. This year is very different. This year, um, there are there's no advance money due to me, so I'm not making much money at all. And my accountant is like, your taxes are probably going to be nothing at the yeah. end of the year. So again, feast or famine. And it's really it really sort of hammers home the importance of having a good relationship with your tax person. I was about you, to say having yeah, a good like, relationship with your spouse. Well, certainly, <laughs> because yeah. your spouse will carry you through the hard yeah, times if of necessary. Course. Yeah. Um, and in all seriousness, like you, because you, you think about it a lot and you are on top of it and you do sort of every few months, you look at everything and reassess it. And then yeah. we have a conversation about where things stand right. and, you know, obviously we're saving for certain things in our lives and, and, in the baby's life. And, um, it, they're all dependent on your situation sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. And you know, you just... You, you really have to go into it. You know, I've heard so many authors and a, and a good friend of ours said this once and talked about, you know, oh, I'm not good at math. I don't like math. I don't deal with numbers. I deal with words. And all I can say to that is don't be a f- an idiot. 
I mean, you that's, know? that's a rule for everyone, though. I like, mean, literally every single person. Well, I know, but, know but especially, more than we know. especially, like, again, it's different when you know you're getting a check every two weeks, yeah. you know what it's going to be, and your tax situation doesn't change all that much from year to year. Yeah. That's, like, you can be a little lazy in that case, yeah. you know? But when you are a freelancer, when you are your own business... And you have money coming in and money going out in, in, in crazy situations like this. And if you can't sit down and figure this stuff out, you're a f***ing moron. Like, learn how... I don't care if you don't like numbers, if you're not good at math, figure it out. Because you're the only one who cares about this to the degree... That it is life or death. Yeah. Nobody else cares that much. That's the thing. It's you're opening yourself up to a lot. You of are. You are opening your, opening yourself up to a world of hurt at yeah. some point in the future, and you'll have nobody but yourself to blame because I'm not good with numbers. I don't care if you're good with numbers. It's it's just addition and subtraction. Yeah. There's no multiplication involved at all. <laughs> it's addition. It's how much money did I make? How much money did I spend? How much money do I know I'm going to make this year? Yeah. What are my monthly expenses? Am I going to make it? Yeah. Do I have to cut back? You know, and, and without pie in the sky assumptions of, well, I've got a book coming out in August and that'll do really huge and I'll have a lot of money. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't assume that. Assume every book is going to tank. <laughs> Seriously. If you assume every book is going to tank, I'm not saying, no, no, no. I'm not I saying from a spiritual or psychological no, no, no. or emotional I perspective. Think that's really smart. I'm saying from a financial perspective, assume every book of yours is going to tank. Gary Liga's advice to writers. Seriously. Assume every book will tank. And, and then... You plan for the worst case scenario. Yeah. And if it turns out that the book doesn't tank and you're fabulously wealthy, good for you. Yeah. But if it does tank, you're prepared. Yeah. You're not caught off guard. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, wise words about finances. It's not a fun, you know, it's not a fun topic. No it's one likes not. to talk about it. It's for one thing, it's boring. It's boring. And, and it's really, it's really personal. It's personal. And it's, you know, we, we tie up a lot of, um, self-worth well, yeah, I mean, into it, which we don't need to. It's, well, but you know, that's the, I mean, at the risk of going into a ridiculous digression, that was how this country was designed intentionally. Right. I mean, yeah. Alexander Hamilton intentionally built America on the idea of wealth equals your standing yeah. because he realized that that was a way to compel people to do certain things. And you know what? That's why he's getting his butt kicked off the $10 bill. No. I'm just kidding. He was right, though. It was a good idea. It's just <laughs> later people went in the wrong direction with it. His idea was was genius. But, yeah. I mean, so it's tough to talk about. But sit down and have a long, hard conversation with yourself about it. Yeah. You know? And, and, and be realistic. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so moving on. Kind of related. <laughs> This is so dumb. And this is not groundbreaking at all. And it's actually super cliche. But out of the blue, the other day, I didn't... You were doing something. I was doing something. The baby was maybe napping. I have no idea. And I walked by you in passing in the living room and said something. And you responded. And I was here in the office. And I thought to myself, I really like being married. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that got dark real quick. <laughs> no, but I, it's just, you know, this is a podcast about marriage, too. Yeah. And, and we don't actually talk about marriage a lot. We don't, yeah. We and talk it, about it sort of as an auxiliary subject to the other three. Right, but yeah. I, and I think partly that's because the other three seem more, un, not more universal, but in a way, I don't know, in a way they're almost more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds really well, strange mean, coming out of my mouth. But, but like, but. getting married is not... It, it's not special. You know, everyone does it. A lot of people do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's something I never thought I was going to do. Yeah. It was never my goal in life and I wasn't anti it. I just 
like I said, it, it was never on my radar as something I was actively working towards. And then I came along and changed your life. Sure, honey. But I really, no, seriously, I like, I really do enjoy being married. When I, when I was a wee young thing of 22 or 23 and working in my first job, my immediate team was three other women who were all significantly older than me. And they were all married or had been married. And I remember they would talk sometimes about marriage and say, like, it really is different when you're married versus when you're just in a long-term relationship. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, there's no way I can know because right. I'm, I'm married now. But um, I don't know. Do you think there's like a... Is it the piece of paper? Is it the ceremony? Is it the process? Do you think it's different? Wow. I mean, I, I think it's different because we, whether we do it consciously or not, invest it with something different. Okay. Because just as, just as, you know, culturally and socially, we are raised with certain uh, biases and prejudices that we're not always aware of on a conscious level, I think you know, we're socialized into thinking, into believing that marriage is a special state. Yeah. And so when we get married, we go, oh, now I'm in this special state. And, yeah. we, and we view it that way, which isn't to say that it's, that it's a bad thing or, or anything like that. But I, I just sort of wonder, you know, if, if, you know, Aziz Ansari does a great routine about what if marriage didn't exist and you were the first guy to propose to a woman <laughs> and it would sound insane. It would sound insane. He, you know, he does this whole thing about, you know, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. Put this ring on your finger so everybody knows you belong to me. You know, and it's just, you know, that it's weird. It's real. You know, yeah. and when you put it that way, it's like, wow, that's messed up. Yeah. But, you know, we're socialized to be like, no, it's a great thing. It's a good thing. Right. Um, it's something you should do. Well, and, you know, when we, I remember very, very specifically, um, we had just moved in together. Uh, we'd been living together maybe in two sin. months. Living yes. in sin. And, uh, and I went away for my beach vacation that I take with my girlfriends. And I came back and um, I think we were like hanging out on the couch Sunday night. And you kept asking me these questions about like the state of our relationship and the future and but I did? They, were, they were, yeah, but they were sort of coded questions. That doesn't sound like me. Well, I know that's why I was so surprised. And finally I like looked and I was distracted because I was like unpacking and I had to go to work the next day and no one wants to go back to work after vacation and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I, I remember not being in the right headspace. I have no memory of this. Well, and it finally <laughs> occurred to me that you, you were trying to raise the, the topic of marriage. Because huh. we had talked about it sort of in passing, but never had a serious discussion about whether we were going to get married. Right. And so I turned to you and said, do you want to talk about marriage right now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> and you go, yeah, I guess I do. So huh. we sat down and had a conversation about marriage. And I do remember you explicitly saying, you know, I'm fine with not getting married, yeah. but I'm also, I, I'm also happy to get married if that's what you want. Yeah. And I was like, I, I guess I, I do want to get married. Um, but I really only like it was because I knew that you and I wanted to have kids because we'd already had that conversation. Right. And I guess I just think at this point in the country, in, in where we stand in America, like if we're having kids, I want to be married. Right. And I don't know if that's still a, a requirement, if that's a holdover I have from, I mean, from look, like tax laws or whatever. I don't even know. I mean, but. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the world's greatest historian or, or social critic, but just from a layman's perspective, it seems to me, you know, as an institution, marriage has lasted millennia. Yeah. There's probably a reason for yeah. that. Um, I mean, you could say, no, it's just the inertia of eons, right, you know, yeah. but it seems to me there's probably a reason for it. Um, 
it's certainly not taxes because we got boned on our taxes because we were married. The well, marriage read, penalty. Yeah, I'm voting Republican read. from now on. No, no, no. The, the thing I read most recently, which was just a few weeks ago, was that um, the instances where getting married helps your taxes versus hurts are very interesting because it's like you benefit by getting married if one of you makes way under right. the median Basically, and one makes way it's, over. It, the tax law is set up assuming that one of you is working and the and other is staying not, at home. Right, yeah. yeah. It's so, a holdover from... Obviously antiquated, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. It, I, I just really enjoy marriage. And it's not... It's surprising to me because it's not something that I thought that I would... Right. Necessi- not that I thought I would hate it or anything like that. I just never thought much about how it would feel. I mean, it used to be that there was a time where... You know, you could say marriage was special because, you know, absent death, you couldn't get out of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you had to really be committed. Yeah. Uh, of course, divorce is not easy, but, but it's, it's easier. Yeah. It's not hard, yeah. you know. So it's clearly doable. <laughs> it's certainly it's certainly not as necessarily permanent as it once was considered to right. be. You know, yeah. so I don't think it's that. But it is weird. Like, what you know, if if our lives were exactly the same, but we hadn't gotten married, would we would we, would feel, we different? feel differently? Right. Of course, there's no way to know. Yeah, you, you, you can't know. Yeah, and I don't want to. Two more things I want to say about this. One is I do remember um, when we got engaged and decided. Well, there were two sort of two moments. First, we decided to get engaged. Right. Um, but that's a weird moment because you're not really engaged yet. Which engagement right. is dumb. First of all, but anyway, <laughs> that's a different rant. Um, but like the, and then the whole time while we were planning the wedding, like you feel really special and it's a weird feeling. Like right. people want to talk about it all the time and people congratulate you. And it's like, right. I, I just lucked into meeting someone that I, I wanted to spend more time with. So like, yeah. why am I getting congratulated? Right. Like it's, right. it's so weird. Well, it's also like, I mean, at the risk of calling down the wrath of our listeners, it's like having kids. Like everybody yes. gets all excited and it's yeah. so special. It's like everyone does it. Yeah, like, it's not special. It's like, special to me, of course. Of course, it's yeah. special to us. But like, pe- probably too many people are doing it. There's too many damn yeah, kids out yeah. there, you know. And and so it's just that weird thing where you know, like on a personal level, yeah, it's really special and meaningful. But nobody else should yeah. really care. But I think that's where it comes from. It's like because I loved our wedding and I loved that time and. It, it was really exciting. Right. And so now when I hear of someone getting engaged, I reflect on those feelings of excitement that I had. And so I assume they're having them too, right. which they should be. Yeah. And so then I can, if they're not, there's something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do a brief project update. Uh, I mean, what are you doing? How are you spending your days, Barry? <laughs> I'm genuinely curious. Now I'm kidding. You know, what do you do all day? I, you know, I get to the end of every day and I go, what did I do today? <laughs> you know, by the way, I saw someone post, you know how everyone's been posting um, photos of their kids' kindergarten graduations on Facebook? Really? As I'm saying that, Barry, I know no, you I never don't. check Facebook, so you don't know that, so never mind. But it's like graduation season. Not only that, but if anybody posted graduation pictures of their kid in kindergarten, I would block them, so. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, FYI, when our kid graduates kindergarten... I'm going to be posting those photos. I, I will. I will say, like, 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 I have this whole thing about, like, oh, please, really, kindergarten graduation. But somewhere in this house, in a, in a in a box of my memorabilia, is my diploma from preschool. So you got a diploma. See, yes. so this, that's proof right there that that isn't some like 
It's not a millennial thing. It's not yeah. a millennial thing. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I thought it was stupid when I was in preschool though. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Anyway. Um, so a lot of people have also been doing this thing where they post photos side by side of their kid on the first day of school and the last day of school. Now that's see, cute. It's super that's cute. cute. Grown sure. And, yeah. So I've really been enjoying these because obviously now as a mom, I get, clichéingly emotional every time I see pictures of kids. Um, I made up that word. So, anyway, but someone, a friend of mine posted a photo of her kid uh, and said, quote, the days are long, but the years sure are short. Yeah. And I said that to you earlier today, and I was like, that is so true. Yeah. And I'm, obviously that came from somewhere. I'm sure that's a standard saying. I just had never, I don't remember ever hearing it before. Um, So, you know, staying home with the baby, like, the days are long. The The days are long. And yet you can look back and realize you didn't get much done. Well, you can look back and think you didn't get much done, but also, like, you can look back and think, oh, my God, that flew by. Even though in the moment it felt like forever. It it can feel sometimes like it's dragging. And then next thing you know, you're coming home. And I'm like, oh, the day's over. Like, we're going to eat dinner, watch a little TV, sit up and read, and then go to sleep. You know? And, yeah, you know, this past week I had every intention of working on something. Mm-hmm. I have a, a project that I've been putting off for a little while that um, was originally going to be a short story, but now might end up being a novella. I don't know. But anyway, I thought, okay, that's what I'll work on this week. And I just never got the chance to sit down and work on yeah. it. It was really weird. And I got to the end of the week and I was like, wow, like I didn't, there was no point where I said, I'm not going to work on this. Yeah. I just, I just didn't work on it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, hopefully this coming week yeah. I will work on it. And in the meantime, I am still waiting to hear from my agent about yeah. <laughs> that novel that I gave her about two weeks ago. So, um, what do you mean about, you know, exactly the, I know exactly the instant I memorized the timestamp on the email, <laughs> but what well, I'm saying about, because I don't know when people are listening to this. Oh, that's true. So yeah, I mean, you know, and two weeks is not terribly long. Yeah. You know, again, she's got a lot of other clients. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. So yeah, that, that's it. I've, I've had not much this week. Oh, no, wait. Actually, I did have to do one thing that I've never had to do before. I got an email from my publisher asking about uh, pronunciations. Oh, right. For the audiobook of one of my books. And I've never had that before. I've ne- there was one time for Fanboy and Goth Girl, the producer of the audiobook called me up and said, How do you pronounce Goth Girl's name? Is, uh, it, is Kira it Kira or, or Kyra? Kyra? And I had never heard Kyra in my life. Really? And I'm like, Kira. And yet people constantly call her Kyra. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, it's Kira. So I'd never had that happen before. They sent me a three-page list of of words and names and things. And uh, and I sat there and, you know, I never realized that unless you are really conversant with the phonetic alphabet, it's really difficult to explain how to pronounce something, yeah. you know, without delving into diacriticals and things like that, which I was not about to do because no. life is too short. So I did the best that I could. And then at the end, I had a V8 moment and smacked myself in the forehead. And I was like, idiot, <laughs> you have a computer in front of you. So I just recorded an audio file of me saying all of the words Genius. and then sent it over to them. Nice. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cool. But that's it. That's it for me. Cool. Well, I'm still working on edits. I'm sort but, of but sailing through them right you're now. You're sailing through. You're I'm, doing so well. I'm really pleased. Yeah. And, um, How far along would you say you are? Uh, so the book's about a little over 400 pages. What? And now I'm on page 120, which sounds but, like I'm only a quarter of the way through. But, but the bulk of the edits were the first five yeah, chapters. Yeah. And um, so the past like 
two or three chapters that I've been going through have been, I'm doing them in a night each. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. That's great. Um, I actually had a, a dinner the other night with my writing group, which was awesome. Minus one person. Um, and Who shall remain nameless. <laughs> and we didn't, it wasn't a writing group meeting. None of us shared any pages or anything like that, but we hadn't met in a while. So we just met up for dinner and it was really nice to catch up about writing and, and generally, and I was explaining to them like, you know, I didn't look at this book the entire year of, tw- of 2014. Yeah. And, um, and I just remember like at the time, maybe it was a pregnancy thing, maybe not, but I just couldn't see it. Like every time I thought of the story, I just got confused and it was so jumbled. And, um, and then when I finally looked at it this year, I, I saw it suddenly and I saw the problems and now I, I, I get it. And I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm working through them and I'm, I'm really excited about I it. Cannot wait. I, I will absolutely say cannot wait that um, everything I suggested was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, uh, uh, at my writing group dinner, Melissa Walker, who, by the way, when I ran into her outside on our way to dinner, was listening to our podcast. So there you go, everybody. Shout out to Melissa. Thank you. Um, but she said that she has been taking your advice to heart too about the um, like if you only have twenty minutes to write, yeah. twisting it around and being like, yes. I've got 20 minutes to write. Um, and she said it's really been working for it. And it's totally been working for me. I'm, I'm pretty f- awesome. <laughs> so honestly, like, you know, it's just funny how tweaking your mindset a bit can actually lead to progress. I'm going to start. I'm going to ditch this writing thing. That. I'm going to ditch this writing thing and just go on the uh, self-help Seriously. Uh, you know, motivational speaker route circuit and, and do that. Yeah. I could not see it. <laughs> I'm the least motivational person in the world. I'd be up there going, yeah, you could do it, but you'll probably fail. You'll be up there going, expect the worst. Expect the worst. Plan for the worst. Assume every book is going to tank. Yeah. Anyway, um, quick reading, Rex. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? You know what I'm reading right now, and you're shaming me in public. I don't. Right? Yes, you do, because you yelled at me the other day for reading it. Oh, that's right. I am still reading... I am still reading the book that I talked about many, many podcasts ago. There was a brief sejura in my reading of this because I had to do stuff for my mentees. But uh, I'm still reading this book that, that was sent to me for a blurb. That you still can't name. That I still can't name. That I don't really like. And I don't know why I'm still reading it. But you know what? I'm going to call you out right now. Because obviously you're getting something from this book. No, no. It's... it's it's. <sighs> there. Again, I mentioned once before, it has a lot, some similarities to a book that I wrote. And like last night I was reading it and there was like a three page sequence where I'm like, that could have come right out of one oh, of my books. Wow. Wow. Like, I think I wrote that. Oh my God. And it was really weird. Yeah. And so I think there's this like car accident aspect to it. Okay. Where I'm just like, what the hell's going to happen uh, next here? Okay. And, and, and there's also this, I'm taking this perverse glee and finding these things in it that annoy me and, and I'm not proud of myself. Okay. Like <laughs> I, I shouldn't be reading it. I should just put it down. There's other things to read, but I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And once I finish, I'll move on to something that I actually okay. will like. All right. So I have nothing Bye. to recommend this week. All right. Other than I recommend people read books they like. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Groundbreaking. I'm, I'm preparing that do as I say, not as I do thing, because eventually Leia's going to need of to hear course, that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. What um, about you? What are you reading? Uh, well, I, I finished, I think on Wednesday, um, the New Judy Bloom the book, Judy and Bloom, the Unlikely yeah. Event, which was phenomenal. 
I loved it. And so what did I do? I dove right on into Summer Sisters, uh, um, which I think we talked about last week or the week before, which I reread every summer. Um, I actually splurged. I have an old paperback copy of Summer Sisters that lives at my parents' house because I like to read it by their pool because, you know, yeah. it's pool reading for sure. Um, and it's, I mean, it's sun faded and dog eared and it's been dropped in the pool probably a few times. Um, so, and I actually confess, I have no idea if it's still there. Because yeah. I'm sure it was there last summer, but who knows? So I, I actually splurged and bought the ebook of Summer Sisters. <laughs> uh, what a splurge! I know, right? The, yeah, six ninety nine. Treat so, yourself. <laughs> it was the ultimate treat yourself purchase. Um, so anyway, I've I've just been enjoying that this week. Cool. You know, we're we're preparing. I'm preparing for our Fourth uh, of July vacation right. down to the beach, and this is beach reading for me. So very good. All right. Well, I think that's it for now. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. You can find us online at writinginreallife.com or on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a rating. We hope you have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.